Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Energetics and Alchemy. It's a Saturday currently where I am while I'm recording and I've had a glass of wine with lunch today and it's showing apparently because I just called my partner Sam in from his nap um, because I sat down to start recording and had the microphone literally just facing around the wrong way so it was making the recording sound like not particularly clear. So I called him out from his nap to come and check why the microphone wasn't working for me. And he literally just walked in, looked at it and turned it around. So it was facing the right way. <laughs> so we are off to an excellent start today. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, it's Saturday where I am at the moment. Um, so we've just spent the morning. I went and picked up a like old antique kind of desk and we've just spent the morning sanding it back and starting to paint it um going to paint it black so yeah it's just a new desk for my office which I'm pretty excited about I've been wanting to get a new desk for a while just one that fits the vibe of the office a little bit more but yeah so we've been doing that for the first half of the day so I am a little bit tired I think we both are it's been a pretty big morning um but yeah, I just wanted to sit down and record this episode before I probably also go have a nap, maybe. Undecided yet. I feel like I have a fair bit to do today, but I would not be opposed to going to have a nap after I'm done recording this episode. But yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, so today's episode, as you can probably tell from the title of the episode, is going to be part two of our Universal Laws episodes. So um, part one is available, but this episode will be focusing on the next three, three is it? Yeah, three universal laws. So we'll be focusing on the law of attraction, law of inspired action, and law of perpetual transmutation of energy. Before we dive into that, though, I do kind of want to get into the habit of making these episodes a little bit more personable. Um, so just kind of giving a little bit of a life update I guess at the beginning of each episode um yeah just kind of filling people in on any life stuff I feel is like relevant or worth sharing <laughs> um so I've recently been signing up to a bunch of different like workshops and courses basically um just anything that pops up on Instagram or Facebook ads that looks like it's something I'd be interested in particularly if they're like free workshops because you know why not I feel like it's a really amazing opportunity to try things out that you might not otherwise be doing when they're kind of like free offers. Um, so yeah, I've basically just been jumping on if something comes up and I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Um, yeah, just signing up for it and giving it a go. So I've signed up for a free trauma-informed certification through the Center of Healing, which I've started working through and it's actually really, really interesting. Um, I've always had like a bit of an interest in, I guess, just like trauma healing, um, just from a personal perspective, but I'm obviously learning a lot more about it through this course. And I'd really love to be able to share some of what I'm learning in future episodes too, because our basically entire experience as humans is very, very tied to the trauma that we carry within us. And I'm only in like the first two modules. I think I'm kind of like halfway through module two at the moment. So I'm um, Still very early days, but yeah, it's been really, really informative. And as I mentioned, they are offering it for free. So if anyone else is interested in doing that, I would absolutely recommend going over to 
the Centre for Healing and it's their um, trauma-informed certificate, I believe it's called. And yeah, it's completely free there. Um, it used to be like a paid offer, but they're offering it for free now, which is really amazing. So yeah, I've been working through that one. And then I also did a breathwork workshop the other night, which was really interesting. I actually haven't done uh, too much around like breath work. I've kind of um, tried it once or twice, but I really want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I know it can be a really powerful tool. Um, so yeah, the workshop I did the other night was just a really short um, little like 30 minute taste test, I guess, of breath work. But yeah, that was really um, fun to do as well. So I'm hoping to learn a bit more about that too going forward. And so another thing that I've just recently started getting into is EFT tapping, which I feel like I've heard so much about over the years. Like I feel like a lot of people I follow, a lot of coaches I follow are really into EFT tapping, but I've never really actually tried it for myself. But I tried it for the first time maybe like a week and a half ago now and I've been doing it for the most part every day and I do feel like it's actually making more of a difference than I thought it would, um, which obviously makes sense. Like when I say more of a difference than I thought I would, I feel like that was just me being kind of skeptical about it, even though I know that obviously thousands of people use it and there is like a science behind it. Um, I feel like on a personal level, I was just a bit hesitant I guess to um get into it and I was a bit like I don't really see how tapping can do too much but um yeah basically you're tapping on like energy points I guess you'd call them it's related to um Chinese medicine so yeah there is actually like a science behind it but I've been really enjoying doing that and I've been specifically tapping on I guess like um limiting beliefs and just kind of like getting into like an abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset. So just that kind of stuff. And I've been doing that through Gala Darling. So I followed her on Instagram for ages, but she has a lot of tapping videos on her YouTube channel. So I've just been working through those to begin with. Um, and I've bookmarked a few of them that I particularly like, and I'm going to be trying to do them on Ideally, like, an everyday basis, um, but at least every, like, second day or a few times a week. But, yeah, that's probably about all I have for, like, little life update, I guess. Um, just kind of stuff that I've been expanding my knowledge around, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I'm always eager to learn. Like, I'm always wanting to learn new things and learn as much about the things I'm interested in as possible, particularly when it comes to, like, mindset work and personal growth and development. So I'm really excited to be stepping into some areas that I haven't explored yet and yeah I'll keep everyone updated with how those go but so far um yeah like the courses workshops have been really fun and the tapping I've been pretty happy with as well but yeah with that I guess we'll just dive straight into the episode itself um so yeah as I mentioned before we'll be continuing on from part one of our universal laws episode where we talked about law of divine oneness, law of vibration, and law of correspondence. And so if you haven't listened to this episode, I would suggest taking some time to go back and listen to this episode as well. You don't necessarily need to listen to it before this episode, but I feel like it would probably make more sense to listen to them in order. And I feel like they do, like the universal laws in general are generally kind of written out in an order for a reason. Like I feel like they kind of flow into one another. 
So I would recommend probably going and listening to part one before diving into this one. But just a little recap, um, Law of Divine Oneness is all about the interconnectedness of basically everything. So the idea that everything is connected, everything is one. Law of Vibration is about everything having its own vibration and in turn energy and how we can kind of take steps towards protecting our own vibration to ensure that we're vibrating on the frequency of what we are desiring. And finally, Law of Correspondence is all about as within, so without. So basically our inner world reflecting our outer world um, and vice versa. So today we'll be talking about Law of Attraction and Law of Inspired Action and Law of Perpetual Transmutation of Energy, which honestly sounds kind of intense, but I promise that we'll break it down together. (laughs) It's not quite as... I mean, it is like a kind of technical one, but I feel like the name makes it sound way more like hard to understand than it is. (laughs) But yeah, we'll go over that one in a bit more detail later. So diving straight in, we'll be starting with the law of attraction, which is probably the most popular or most talked about and like most widely understood of the universal laws. It's also pretty straightforward. So, um, I feel like it won't need too much of an explanation. I feel like a lot of people have probably already kind of heard of this one and already kind of understand the basic kind of principle of it. So law of attraction almost acts as like the blanket law for like manifestation and all of that kind of stuff. So when people think about manifestation, they essentially think of law of attraction. And while this does make up a big part of the manifestation equation, it's not the only element and law that plays a role in it, but it is probably the one that people most heavily associate with manifestation. So just as it sounds, the law of attraction focuses on what we are attracting into our lives. So the kind of golden rule under the law of attraction is that like attracts like, meaning that things and people and experiences and objects that have a similar energy or vibrational frequency are attracted to each other, kind of like a magnet. So the law states that you'll essentially be attracting into your life whatever you're focusing on or based on whatever kind of energy you're putting out. So you'll be attracting things that match that energy. So in a very simplified form, positive energy will be attracting positive people, experiences and things, and negative energy will be attracting negative people, experiences, and things. And obviously it's not quite as cut and dry as that. We are all living in a human experience, so we're going to be having down days and some days that are better than others. It doesn't mean if we're having a down day, we're just going to be attracting awful things to ourselves. But the general gist is like attracts like. So if we're in a pretty positive mindset, we're going to be attracting positive things, which then also follows on from law of vibration and everything having its own vibrational energy. And then also law of correspondence where our internal world is creating our external reality and vice versa. So we can now kind of see how all of these universal laws do start to really tie into each other. So under law of attraction, when we focus on abundance, we will be attracting abundance. When we focus on happiness, we'll be attracting happiness. When we focus on success, we'll be attracting success. When we focus on love, we'll be attracting love. Um, And also, obviously, that can go in a kind of negative way as well. So if we're focusing on scarcity, we'll be attracting more scarcity. If we're focusing on, you know, sadness and upset and anger, we'll be attracting more of that. 
So we as individuals under the law of attraction will also gravitate towards things and places and experiences that match our vibrational energy. So it's not necessarily about just bringing those things to us. It's also um, we will kind of, without realizing, like subconsciously be gravitating towards those things as well. So our energy is basically like a magnet. It's always attracting things and not only attracting, but also repelling things as well. So you won't only be attracting things to you, but you'll be repelling, I guess, the opposite of what you're attracting as well. So if we're in a high vibe state, we'll be attracting other high vibe energies and then we'll be repelling low vibe energy. And as we talked about as well in an earlier episode, as we're kind of attracting more and more positive things, this will then be enhancing our positive emotions. We'll be in like this vortex of good vibes and good energies and we'll then be attracting more of that stuff. And so like all of the other laws, this is in action all of the time. So without us being conscious of it, this law is always in effect. And the law of attraction is really why it's so important that we are matching our vibrations to what we are wanting to call into our lives, because that's what we will be attracting. So to be calling in our desires, we need to be vibing at the same frequency as them. So when we start aligning ourselves with these things, they become magnetic to us. And this is on an embodied level as well as a cognitive level, meaning it applies to both our thoughts and beliefs as well as how we're actually kind of physically showing up in the world. So on a cognitive level, if we're thinking really low vibe beliefs about not being deserving or not being able to achieve certain things, this will not be attracting the thing. In fact, it will be repelling the thing. So under the law of attraction, the universe will be giving you what you think you deserve and what you are acting like you deserve. So we need to ensure that our mindsets are aligned with what we are calling in. We need to work on the negative thoughts and the limiting thought patterns, the limiting beliefs. And on a more embodied level, if we're not kind of showing up as the version of us that has those things already, um, we'll also not be kind of magnetizing them to us. So you showing up as the you that already has the thing that you're desiring will start to magnetize that thing to you because you're then kind of vibing on the same frequency as it. So we really need to work on feeling deserving and showing up as the us that already has the thing that we're wanting. So just a quick little example. If your goal is to be healthy and fit and to have the body of your dreams, you need to be showing up as the version of you that already has this. So it's kind of like reverse engineering. So instead of just kind of continuing on and coasting along and hoping that your desire eventually makes its way to you and, you know, setting those goals and I guess working towards them, we want to be jumping forward and asking ourselves how the version of us that already has it would be showing up. So instead of starting from the beginning and just kind of working towards that end result, which obviously is great as well, like that's part of it too, Um, We really want to be jumping forward, I guess, to that end result and really thinking about what that would look like and how we can be bringing that into our energy at present. So how can we be showing up like that before it's even happened? So, for example, with the getting fit and eating healthy and, you know, having the body of your dreams, you could be looking at things like what would the version of you that's already there be eating Um, What kind of everyday choices would they be making around meals? Would they be disciplined when it comes to working out? Like, what would they be doing? Would they be going to the gym every day? Would they be going for daily walks? 
Um, so it's stuff like that that we can start embodying before we've even gotten to that goal. And once we've started embodying that and once we've kind of aligned our mindset with that version of ourselves as well, we're going to be attracting in that desire. Uh, so another example, if your desire is financial and what you really, really want is to be on a higher income or to have more wealth than you have now, once again, instead of just blindly kind of coasting through life, hoping that wealth eventually makes its way to you, you can start working on becoming magnetic to wealth. So you can magnetize it to you by popping on your little seeing the future glasses and envisioning the you that already has that kind of wealth and doing what you can in this present moment and this present state to embody that version of you and in turn attract that as your reality. So once we're embodying that version of ourselves, we're vibing on the same energetic level as that version of ourselves and we will be attracting that to us. And so when it comes to kind of more financial desires, that obviously doesn't mean putting ourselves in that financial strife to achieve this. Um, so when we talk about kind of embodying that future version of us, it doesn't need to be literally like going out and buying the things that version of us would be buying or spending the amount of money that version of us would be spending. But think about things like how would the wealthy version of you be carrying themselves? So what kind of mindsets would you have about money if you were already wealthy? I'm sure it wouldn't be things like, oh, I can't afford that, or money just goes nowhere, or money doesn't grow on trees, or, you know, my pay's gone already, I just never have enough money to cover things. Just all of these little things that we say or think to ourselves on a daily basis. So you wouldn't be thinking stuff like that. Your mindset would likely be things like, oh, like money flows so easily to me. I always have enough money for the things that I want. Whatever I spend comes back to me threefold. Even if you don't truly believe these things at this current moment, at this current point in time, that's what we want to work on believing. And so it's kind of like a fake it till you make it idea. You need to believe it before you see it. So even if you really are just not buying that at the moment, like you're like, I just don't believe that's the case. Um, you really want to start embodying this version of you that has that wealth already. And to do that, you need to start believing those things, even if you can't see the results at the moment. And so once we start embodying that version of us, that's when we will then be essentially magnetic to it. Under law of attraction, we will then be attracting it to us. And again, that does not mean that you need to be spending money that you don't necessarily have at the moment. There's a big difference between somebody going out and spending a bunch of money they don't have to try and magnetize more money to them. This is obviously just going to put you in debt or in a situation where you're needing money and are desperate for money and that's going to be supporting these beliefs that money just goes nowhere versus somebody who is working on their mindset and starting to align their daily thoughts and decisions with the wealthy version of themselves. So at this point in your life, it may just be little things like instead of saying, oh, I could never afford that when you see something that you want, but you just can't afford it, reframe this. So reframe it into something like, that's great, but it's just not in alignment with what I desire right now and I'm choosing to not spend my money on that. Or if it's something that you really want to buy and you know that in the future you really want to have that thing, but you just can't afford it right now in this moment, you could reframe it as, that's not in alignment with me right now, but I'm so excited to know that I will be buying myself that in the future and I can't wait for that. So it's just these little mindset shifts. 
And as I've mentioned before about a lot of this mindset kind of work, it is working on a subconscious level and eventually it just becomes second nature. So when you've been getting into this practice enough and you've really been correcting, I guess, those limiting beliefs or really working on just rewiring your beliefs, eventually you'll get to the point where when you do see something that you really want, but it's just not in your budget in that moment, you won't jump straight to the negative, like, oh, I can't afford that. I could never afford that. Like, I would never have enough money for that. Instead, your brain will, by default, go to, that's great, but that's not in alignment with me right now. It's just these little things that we start to change, and then these little things become habits, and they result in kind of big changes. So on the same note, when it comes to a more embodied approach, think of things like checking your bank account, for example, So have you ever found yourself avoiding checking your bank account because you're almost dreading seeing the amount that's in there? Or do you have bills that are overdue that really need to be paid, but you just haven't gotten around to paying them yet? Do you have automatic subscription payments that have declined that you know need to be paid and you need to transfer money over to pay them, but you're just kind of putting it off? And I'm speaking from experience here as well. Like I have obviously been there and still am there occasionally. Like um, I will still have times where, you know, I'll have a subscription come out and I know I need to transfer money over from a different account to cover paying that subscription, but I will put it off. Like for whatever reason, I just put it off. But you need to ask yourself, like with the version of you that is earning the amount of money that you want to be earning or you know, living with the amount of wealth that you want to be living with, would they be doing these things? And the answer is likely no. (laughs) Wealthy you would not be doing those kind of things. Wealthy you would be all over that kind of stuff. Wealthy you wouldn't be afraid to look at their bank account. So we want to start really facing stuff like this and stepping up and questioning whether that is actually in alignment with the version of us that we are wanting to be. And if it's not, we want to work out how we can start embodying that version of us, what little changes we can be making now to embody that version of us and to, in turn, be attracting the desires that we're wanting to call in. So we really want to be acting as if, as in we want to be acting as if we already have the things that we desire. So as you're going about your daily life, check in with yourself and the things you're thinking and doing and saying and ask yourself, what is this attracting for me right now? What am I attracting for myself right now with what I'm doing? And obviously be gentle with yourself with this. This is an opportunity to beat ourselves up over what we might be thinking or doing and attracting with not so great beliefs or actions. But we do want to be bringing attention and awareness to these and asking ourselves what you think you would be attracting by doing these things. And second to that, start to bring awareness to ways that you could shift and reframe these things to attract what you actually want to be attracting. And so that's kind of what law of attraction is all about. It's basically about how like attracts like, and if we're acting and thinking and doing things in a certain way, we're going to be attracting things that are in alignment with those things. So we really want to take advantage of that and use it in our favor by thinking and acting and doing things that are in alignment with what we're desiring. And so gratitude is also really important when it comes to law of attraction, because the more gratitude we're expressing for the things that make us happy or the things that are bringing us joy or are in alignment with our desires, the more of these things that we will be attracting. 
So if we're focusing on the things we love and are grateful for and want more of, we'll be attracting more of those things. And while this works on an energetic level, it can also literally just be bringing our awareness to what we are desiring and helping us to see more opportunities for bringing these things into our lives. So it's almost like when you have something on your mind and you start noticing more of that thing um, kind of showing up in your life. So, for example, I feel like it happens a lot with people with cars. Like, I feel like I've heard quite a few people speak about it in that sense. So, if there's a particular car that you're wanting, um, if you're desiring a specific car, or if you even just have kind of like a specific car in your mind for whatever reason, I guess. Like, um, specific make or model, you know, sometimes we just think of things or see something and um, are then kind of thinking more about the thing than we normally would be. So chances are, if that's the case and you've got kind of a particular car in your mind, you're going to start seeing more of those cars everywhere. And that's because your attention is being drawn to them. It doesn't mean that those cars haven't always been on the road or that any other individual isn't also seeing just as many of these cars. But because you're focusing on the thing, you are noticing the thing more. So this applies to opportunities surrounding our desires as well. If you're focusing on a desire, you'll start to be more aware and receptive to opportunities that pop up that are in alignment to this desire. And on that note, this is probably a nice point to transition into our next universal law, which is the law of inspired action. Because to attract our desires to us, we can't just sit around doing nothing. We do need to be taking action as well. So the law of inspired action is a big one. Uh, to me, manifestation can really be summed up as a combination of alignment. So aligning our mindsets and beliefs and vibration and how we're showing up and action. So what we're actually doing in the action steps we're taking. So the law of inspired action is absolutely essential to manifestation. As much as it would be nice to be able to just have what we desire fall into our lap with no massive effort on our behalf, this is not generally how it works. So to summarize, the law of inspired action states that you must take real, actionable, inspired steps in order to achieve your goals and allow your dreams to manifest into your reality. So we cannot just imagine our desires and expect them to manifest into reality. We can't imagine things into reality, which I think is honestly a big reason that a lot of people, I guess, get put off by manifestation or feel like it doesn't work for them. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that there is this action that needs to be taken as well. Like it's not just thinking a thing and having that thing happen for you. That's more to it than that. And so this is also a big part of why manifestation is often referred to as co-creating our reality, because we're not just putting out a desire and letting the universe do all of the work, we are working in combination with the universe to bring these things into fruition. So it's a joint effort, it's a co-creation, and part of that effort is us also taking steps towards these desires as well. So we need to be actually doing things that move us toward what we are wanting. And so the inspired part of inspired action basically means an intuitive aligned action step. So obviously we're not just going to be setting a desire and then thinking any old action will start bringing that desire to us. We need to be taking inspired action. So how do we know what is an inspired action or what action we're meant to be taking to get to where we want to be? 
This is where our intuition comes in, so our inner knowing. So you'll find that whenever you're faced with a decision, there's often a pull within you toward a particular option or toward a particular direction. Not even often, actually. There is almost always a pretty obvious pull towards one particular decision or choice or action. It may be harder to tune into this at times. We may kind of get overwhelmed by external factors or advice or other people's opinions, what we've been conditioned to think is like the correct quote-unquote choice. Or there might even be times where we're almost just a little bit in denial. Like maybe we know what the right choice to make is or what um, the best option is, but maybe we're in denial because we're struggling to come to terms with that choice. Or maybe it's a bit of a scarier choice. Like maybe the choice is that we know we need to quit our job or something like that. And that scares us. But generally, if we really quieten our mind and allow ourselves some breathing room to tune into our internal voice... We always know within us which decision is the right one. So meditation is a really, really useful tool for this as well, particularly the quieting the mind aspect. (laughs) So if you ever find yourself stuck on a decision and there isn't like an immediate obvious pull towards one direction or another, meditate on it. Clear your mind, quieten everything and just focus on what you internally think is the right decision. So what comes up for you, what you're feeling pulled towards. Inspired action can also come from little nudges that we get from the universe. Sometimes the universe will be kind of nudging us in the right direction, Uh, whether it's like little coincidences or signs or opportunities popping up, the universe will be subtly guiding us. And in saying that sometimes not so subtly as well, (laughs) And tuning into this can also really help us to ensure that we're taking the right inspired action steps. So sometimes this does take real trust, especially if what we are feeling like we are being nudged to do isn't necessarily what we had in mind or how we had kind of envisioned things panning out or our desire coming to fruition. More often than not, the universe will bring our desires into reality in really unexpected ways We really just need to trust the process here and follow the little breadcrumbs, the little hints that the universe is chucking out to us and we need to act on these. And on the topic of the universe delivering in unexpected ways, when we're taking inspired action, we also can't be too caught up on the hows and the ways in which we expect things to fall into place. We need to really be able to flow and trust the universe to guide us and just surrender control and expectation really we just need to surrender that expectation and just follow what the universe is putting out for us so an example of inspired action could come in the form of let's say we're trying to call in our dream job so if you're calling in your dream job you can't just sit at home all day doing nothing and expect to just have this job come to you. Like you can't just land your dream job without doing anything to get there. But if you set the intention of being in your dream job and start aligning yourself with this job and start taking inspired action steps, the universe will essentially take care of things on its end. So there's kind of like two sides to this. There's our role and what we need to do. And then there's the um, universal divine kind of side and those two things come together and that's where the co-creating our reality comes in. So specifically for the calling in our dream job, the action steps we may need to take may look like um, probably the most obvious ones, actually applying for jobs, seeking out opportunities, you know, updating our resume, that kind of stuff. 
and nudges from the universe may look like the perfect job popping up just at the right time, you know, the perfect job opportunity or somebody, you know, telling you about a position opening at their relative's workplace that is exactly the role you want to be in, just little coincidences like that. Sometimes the nudges from the universe can be a little more jarring too. So, (laughs) for example, you may have been thinking about quitting your job to pursue your dream job, but you've kind of been stewing on this decision and not just taking that leap, and then you get made redundant. So that could be the universe literally stepping in and being like, do the thing, and basically forcing you to take that leap. So in this case, it might not just be the universe leaving us kind of little breadcrumbs, it might be almost a bit more of a like butt kicking from the universe. It's literally like, you need to do the thing. So another really good example of this is when it comes to dating. So if you're looking for your dream partner, you're probably not going to find them just sitting at home and not speaking to anybody. So if you're setting the intention of finding your dream partner, taking inspired action would be actually putting yourself out there, being on dating apps, going on dates. This also provides another really good example around the universe often providing things in unexpected ways and how we need to be able to be flexible in allowing things to come to us in ways that may not necessarily look like um, exactly what we thought they would. So for example, let's say we're someone who's dating, we're trying to call in our dream partner. So we may be really set thinking that we're going to meet somebody organically and that we don't want it to happen any other way. We want to just organically meet somebody in person and, you know, things just flower and blossom into this beautiful relationship. But this is a really, really restricted way of thinking and it closes us off to all the other ways we might meet our dream partner and all the other ways the universe might kind of, you know, lay out those little stepping stones for us to get to our absolute dream, desire, partner, relationship. So it can be hard for the universe to deliver its little nudges and for us to pick up on them as well when we've got this really tunnel vision um view on only one way that our desires will come into reality or the only way that we want them to come into reality. So if we're set on this organic relationship idea, you know, things just happening, like, you know, I'm going to meet somebody through a friend, like that's how it's going to happen. If the universe is literally dropping little breadcrumbs for us that are going to lead us to our dream relationship, but they're not necessarily aligned with this idea of an organic relationship... Um, we might not be noticing those little nudges that we're receiving. We might not be as receptive to these. And so part of taking inspired action is really allowing ourselves to be in tune with the little nudges that we are receiving from the universe and opening ourselves up as much as possible to be receptive to these. So maybe your dream partner is actually on Tinder and the universe knows that that's how you need to meet them and that's how everything will work out perfectly for you. But you're resisting all of the little nudges you've been receiving or even your own intuitive knowing that you need to set up a Tinder profile, get on Tinder, start talking to people on Tinder. If you were stuck in this mindset of, no, it can only happen one way for me and this is how it's going to happen, this is the end goal and that's how I'm going to get there, that's not co-creating with the universe. That's just you making up your mind that this is exactly how it's going to go. We need to have a little bit of openness and a little bit of flexibility there. And so also um, under the law of inspired action, I do also want to speak a little bit to the cases where we may not have any idea of how to get to our end goal or desire. So 
we may know what it is that we're wanting, what the end result is, but we don't necessarily know how to get there. And maybe it's a desire that just isn't at all aligned with your current situation. So, for example, maybe it's living somewhere that just isn't at all kind of where you are now. Um, So it's so out of alignment that you don't even really know where to start in terms of action steps. If it's a desire that is quite far from where you are in this present moment and there doesn't seem to be any direct action steps that you can really clearly be taking to move toward that desire... Just take one step at a time in the general direction of your desire and the universe will redirect you as needed. You don't need to have it all figured out. You can just start kind of taking those little steps and picking up on the nudges, picking up on what the universe is putting out for you and just working with that. So I heard a really, really good analogy for this recently in a book called Manifesting Change by Mike Dooley, which I'd absolutely recommend. And I say I heard because I listened to the audiobook version. I didn't read it. (laughs) Um, But the analogy he gave was to picture the universe like Google Maps. So you put in your destination, or in this case, your desire, and the universe will work out how to get you to that desire. It will map out the best, clearest, quickest path for you. But if you're sitting in your car, in your driveway, in park, you're obviously not going to get there. You need to actually drive the vehicle and take the action steps. Just like if we were using Google Maps to get somewhere, we can't just turn Google Maps on and have it map out where we need to go and expect it to also drive the car for us. (laughs) Um, So the universe will guide us. And if you take a wrong turn or you start heading the wrong way, the universe will redirect you to get back on track. As long as you have the intention to get to where you're going and you're moving in that general direction or moving at all, really, the universe will guide you and ensure that you get there. And so sometimes we may even find that we're kind of limited in the action steps we can take in any present moment. So we do need to just take that one step at a time and just go with what we intuitively feel is right and what we're capable of in that moment. And as long as you're aligned and taking these steps and trusting that the universe will guide you, things will fall into place. And so our last universal law for this episode is the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, which sounds very, very (laughs) sciencey. So I feel like this law, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, does have a bit of a hectic name, but it's actually pretty straightforward. This law is all about the fact that energy is constantly moving, transmuting, or transferring. So, in other words, it's always in motion. Energy is never still, and on a grander scale, this means that things are always changing. And so to take us back to high school science class for a second, you may remember being taught that energy or matter cannot be created or destroyed. So the example that I remember being used at school was water. So water can be frozen, the ice cube can melt, and the puddle it leaves behind can evaporate, but the water is still there. The evaporated water is transferred into water vapor, and that eventually then turns back into liquid water. So at no point is the water being destroyed or, like, you know, removed from existence. It's always there, just in different forms. It's transmuting, it's transferring. And so the idea behind this universal law is that energy is essentially the same. It can change and flow and transform, but it's never just completely gone, even if we can't see it. 
So some examples of how we transmute energy may be taking creativity, for example, and actually creating something with it. Taking anger and turning that into movement. Taking an idea or a thought, um, visualizing it and bringing it into reality. And so how this ties into the idea of manifestation. Hello, Grim. Grim has just hopped up on my desk. Hello, honey. Let him get comfortable before I continue. <laughs> um, so yeah, how this ties into manifestation is basically that we can choose how we want to transmute our energy. And this applies to the energy within ourselves, so like our thoughts and feelings and beliefs and ideas. Um, for example, when we shift from a low vibe state to a high vibe state, that's like a transmutation or transferring of energy. Like the energy is not disappearing it's not like the low vibe energy is just being destroyed and then we're bringing in high vibe energy it's just about that flow of energy and transferring it into what we want it to be so when we come back to the idea of you know emotions just being energy we can see how we can transmute this energy as well or it can also apply to basically all things in time and space <laughs> so given that everything is just energy this is where it can get a little bit more complex um given that everything is just energy and energy is ever-changing and constantly transforming that means that our reality is kind of constantly changing and transforming as well so nothing is set in stone nothing is just like static and as is forever everything is constantly changing transforming transmuting and so we can shift in and out of different emotions. We can move through our thoughts and feelings and belief. Nothing is ever completely static and still. Everything's always moving and changing and we can harness this and use it to our advantage, essentially. Grim is super rubbing up on me on the desk. He's like all over my hands and the microphone and stuff. He is, yeah, wanting me to stop recording and probably come have a nap with him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that is the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. Energy is just perpetually moving. Oh my gosh, Grim, not on the keyboard. Cats, man, they just get into everything. <laughs> hey, honey. Um, yeah, so everything's just constantly in motion. But yeah, so those are our universal laws for today. Um, I hope this kind of shed some light on these particular ones I hope you've taken something out of this or maybe learnt something that you didn't know and yeah I'm looking forward to covering I think we'll have if we're doing like three each episode we'll have two more episodes on the universal laws so I'll be doing another three in another episode in the near future I'm just looking to see what our next one will be Oh yeah, so law of cause and effect, law of compensation, and law of re relativity. Sorry, I meant to say law of reality. <laughs> law of relativity will be the next ones that we will be talking about. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you've been enjoying these episodes so far. I've really been enjoying recording them. Um, I have officially kind of launched the podcast now. I think in my last episode I talked about how I had not yet launched it. So yeah, this is my first episode recording with it being out in the world, which is very exciting. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank everyone for the support I've had as well. I've received some really beautiful, kind words um, from a lot of 
friends and people I know who have been listening, so I really, really, really appreciate that. And yeah, I can't wait to continue with more episodes. If you've been enjoying them so far, um, if you could subscribe and even leave a review maybe for the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, And yeah, tell your friends, tell your family, send it to anyone you think might like it. (laughs) I also really love hearing, um, I've had a few people message me with stuff I guess they'd like me to talk about on here or like episodes they'd like me to do, things they'd like me to cover. Um, So I really appreciate that as well. And if you do have anything in particular that you're like, oh, I'd love an episode on this, just message me (laughs) and I'll see what I can do. Um, But yeah, I hope everyone has a really lovely rest of their day or night or afternoon, morning, wherever you are, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in.